0: Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast, uh, the podcast that tastes as good as it sounds, or as I was saying, the seasonal artisanal treat. I'm Rob Schulte, and with me as always is Graham Young. How you doing, Rob? I am doing all right. I am in a closet at Vice. I mean, it's, it's like a privacy closet for such occasions like this, but obviously our podcast is not... Uh, a part of the Vice Network. I've just got a little bit of time to kill.
1: I gotcha. Well, Rob, I'm recording from outer space. Oh, really? Yeah. And how fitting that we're talking about Jason in space. I mean, Jason X.
0: <laughs> Black hole sun. Yeah, there you go. Um, Graham, there's a lot of things going on. First, I want to address because I feel like, I don't know. I don't think I gave it enough credit last year. And sometimes people like to hear this stuff. Uh, These episodes, the final episodes of Pumpkin Spice Podcast, didn't fall on too great of a time for me last year. Uh, My dad passed away, and on the same day, my grandmother passed away. Oh, God. And so, I just want to say thanks to you, Graham, because this podcast uh, put me in a better place last year, gave me something to do and uh, is doing the same this year. So thanks, man.
1: Well, uh, well, thank you for saying that. As uh, my coworker would say, thank you for thanking me. Um, and I'm <laughs> glad that um, I was able to lift your spirits with some incredibly ridiculous films uh, that I hold close to my heart. So um, with that being said, Rob, do you want to give us uh, a little intro for the
0: film that we just watched? What, Jason in Space wasn't good enough?
1: Uh, I. Guess.
0: I <laughs> you want me to try and finally do the 30 second summary?
1: Yeah, um, basically I don't know if I can polish this turd And so I think it's up to you
0: To oh, God.
1: do your best I know you can do
0: it Well, okay, start the timer Tell me when to go And I'll try and do 30 seconds To sum this movie up Okay, one, two, three, go Okay, for some reason, Jason is not in hell, but he's in a lab in the future, but the future at this point in time is 2010. The lab looks like my home garage. Uh, Jason escapes, but gets cryogenically frozen, and then when a space team is coming back for archaeological purposes in 2040, 45, sometime in the future, um... They resurrect Jason by accident, and he goes on a killing spree in space. Yeah, that's pretty good, Rob. Uh, Basically, they've
1: they've discovered that they can't kill Jason, so again, yeah, they they freeze him, hoping that no one will unthaw him. But uh, unfortunately, we have some kind of interesting scientists uh, aboard this space shuttle. Uh, sexy,
0: sexy scientists.
1: Well, yeah, um, I kind of mentioned uh, that to you earlier, Rob. That uh, basically uh, the females, in particular, in this film, um, the, the scientists are sort of dressed
0: or um, scantily clad. Should I say? I wouldn't even say just the ladies. I would say even the men have like form-fitting clothing.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, and well, this whole movie's weird, and. Rob, we've often discussed um, the asylum pictures, which I really don't care for because I don't... I think if a movie is made to be bad, um, then it's not going to be genuine. And I love those movies that the filmmakers went in with the best intentions, but it just sort of blew up in their face, like The Room or Samurai Cop (laughs) or Deadfall or something like that, where those movies are just fantastic because um of the filmmakers inept ability to to make a movie um but with jason x like the asylum pictures um they sort of go into this wanting to make a bad film and guess what it's a bad film with really not
0: a whole lot to talk about uh rob what can you say about this film I can say that I think it's interesting that that far into the future we're wearing such similar clothing to 2001. Yeah, sure. And everyone's wearing sweaters, which really jumped out at me, and I think there's something to be said about any Jason movie that doesn't have any POV shots in it. That's what the movie is based off of, like murder mysteries, so anytime it's not that way, which we have seen in episodes prior... Um, You already know you're in for an interesting Jason movie.
1: Yeah. um, And let me just really quickly say that um, this movie looks very cheap. It looks like a sci-fi movie, or should I say Siffy movie?
0: (laughs) Um, So you're saying like sci-fi channel movies are just inherently bad and cheap?
1: Well, I hate to say that because I'm such a sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just can't get over the the it's uh not only cheap but it's poorly written, and sort of like Jason X is like when you were back in college and you re- you get home from the bar yeah at, bring it on, bring it on at two grand. in the morning and you're pissed drunk, and you all of a sudden realize that you have a term paper due at seven in the morning, so you're you're drunk, you only have a couple of hours, and you're like. I've got to come up with something creative. And that's what Jason X feels like to me. It's a rushed sort of production with not a whole lot to add, even though they're taking us in
0: space, it's much of the same. Now, we weren't able to communicate on the last episode, so we made a fun little edit, blah, blah, blah. We talked about Jason going to hell and why they killed him off, and each of our thoughts on that, I thought it was just to kill-off competition. Now, that's a great idea. That that was
1: a great uh, little insight that you had into the series, Rob. I I really enjoyed
0: that. I mean, it makes sense, but then it doesn't make as much sense to then just break canon even further it's like, you know, we, we pissed everyone else off on the last one. How can we do it even more?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think you're on the right track. I, I think that, look, I love New Line Cinema, um, what they did with the Nightmare in Elm Street series, even before that, when they were helping John Waters with his films. It's a great studio. And Bob Shea is a terrific uh film producer i don't know what he's like in his personal life but (laughs) i think he's a great um uh sort of he's not the uh head of the studio anymore but when he was the head of the studio he was great and um unfortunately i don't think he he knew how to handle the jason character i and sort of your theory on buying the character only to um kill the competition is is actually a pretty great, I think that's the best conspiracy theory of this season. And that's that, totally a thing Bob Shea would do. It is. Um, look, I know some things about Bob that we're not even going to get into in this podcast. Maybe if we talk about Ninja Turtles and Toxic Avenger, then we'll go into that whole story. Maybe that for Christmas. Yeah, we'll leave that that whole Story for Christmas. That would be my Christmas. <laughs> that would be my Christmas present to you, Rob. Is going oh, into uh, New Line's whole thing with, with Ninja Turtles. But um, yeah, I I just uh, don't think New Line uh, was very passionate about uh, the character or creating a very a really good story for the character. Um, and I can't remember if I mentioned this in last week's episode, Rob, but what I think is funny is that New Line Cinema only purchased the character Jason. Because if you... If, oh, yeah, yeah. You did go into that. Yeah, I think that's so hilarious because the New Line Cinema films are Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X because they didn't purchase the title Friday the 13th. And well, think about this, it may have not been for sale. That's true. I don't think that Paramount put that on the table. And what's kind of funny is I've been waiting for Paramount to sort of make a Friday the 13th movie without Jason, just a movie called Friday the 13th that has nothing to do with Jason Voorhees and it's just a another type of horror film. I don't know if that will ever happen, but they do they can potentially do that's what I'm trying to say.
0: So let me ask you this. If they did that, where would you want it to go? Well, almost, I mean, I'm
1: just spitballing off the top of my head right now. But almost like what they try to do with the Halloween series, um, starting with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, where, spoiler alert, uh, Michael Myers, I almost said Michael Voorhees. Uh, <laughs> Michael Myers is not in that film. And what they were trying to do is, the first two films were about Michael Myers, and now we're gonna sort of create an anthology franchise. So each Halloween movie that comes out each year, will be about
0: a different creature or threat or monster or whatever. Sure, and that's what they were trying to do with Friday the 13th, except it ended up revolving around Jason, right? He's such a strong
1: character. And again, yeah, because with, they try to make Tommy Jarvis the new yeah. killer. And I like that. And someday, maybe for our special Halloween treat, Rob, I'll discuss uh, my, the script that I wrote in high school, The Cult
0: of Jason. Oh man! Which is I hope this is as good as your nightmare script.
1: Yeah, um, I have a bunch of scripts laying around my house that probably no one will ever want to make or read, um, but I think they're they're great sort of continuations of of those characters. And by the way, Rob, I don't mean to get uh, off subject too much, but I recently read an article that broke my heart regarding Robert England. And it was him basically saying that he thinks he's too old to play the character. Which is bullshit. And I'm only saying that because I absolutely love Robert England. I think he's a terrific actor. And I think he's finally at an age, or I'm sorry, I think he's finally age appropriate to play Freddy Krueger because in Oh yeah. In the screenplay, he was an old man. An older man. I'm sorry, Robert. I don't mean to call you an old man. An older man. Um, and maybe a weekend. Freddy that sort of comebacks and regains his power. Um, again, uh, Welcome to the Dream World is my Nightmare on Elm Street movie. What stood out most to you and Jason X? That's easy, Rob. Um, it's something to do with the casting. Did anybody in this film look familiar to you? Man, you always say that. <laughs> and this time, no. Okay. So, possibly the greatest filmmaker from Canada. David Cronenberg is in this movie. Dude, I remember, like, there's, like, a very Cronenberg-esque scene. Sure, I think that they were paying homage, and I know that this film was shot in Canada, so they are probably like, hey, David, can you come over and shoot a scene? Okay, so David Cronenberg is Dr. Wimmer? Yeah, so basically, he's, he's wearing a white scientist coat, and he's basically like, hey, we need to freeze Jason, and and then Jason comes to live and the FBI agent starts shooting him. And Oh, so this is in the at the beginning of exactly. the movie, not like yeah. the
0: doctor in the... Yeah. Okay.
1: And what's funny is um, David Cronenberg has cameoed in other horror films. He was in Clive Barker's uh, The Nightbreed. Um, but um, why he chose to be involved in this picture, I don't know. Cronenberg um, is... is um, I've often referred to him as the venereal disease... Oh, Jesus uh, Horror icon um, Where it's a lot of body horror And human sexuality And believe it or not These are highbrow films uh, They're sort of They're real intellectual pieces And Oh like Existence uh, Existence is amazing uh, For anyone who hasn't seen it It's a video game console That you plug in Directly into your spinal cord um, I love that movie I love everything That
0: Cronenberg's done um, That I've seen Um, Oh, sorry. I guess you were talking about cameos, though.
1: Yes. Yeah. Of course, David Cronenberg is in that. But yeah, I I think he probably David Cronenberg and Guy Madden are my favorite uh, filmmakers from Canada. And just to see David Cronenberg in Jason X was the highlight of the film for me. And once that was over, uh, so was my
0: attention span. (laughs) Wow, that was right up front. Now, here's my thing. There's the idea of the holodeck, like from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yes. And uh, they have that in this spaceship as well. But they do some revisionist history and you put it the best way and i'll get to this in a second so jason finds himself in the holodeck and they run a system that makes it look like there's these attractive young women who all they want to do is smoke pot and get naked and have sex and they say those words outright and then jason does the sleeping bag kill when they get into their sleeping bags but what he's doing is actually destroying the holodeck feature with these sleeping bag bodies now what That's hilarious, and that scene was ridiculous because it looks so cartoony, but what I really don't like about it is this revisionist history of, like, Jason just kills people that do drugs and have sex, and that's not the case, and I'm going to quote you on something you said in the past. It sounds like a bunch of people were in a room that hadn't actually seen any of the movies, but had heard a bunch of their friends talk about the movies.
1: Yeah. Like, basically, uh, an executive at New Line overheard one of his friends or her friends saying, oh, yeah, like, Jason, like, if you have sex or do drugs, man, you're as good as dead. And they were like, okay, that's canon. We got to do that. Let's and put the, that in the holodeck scene. Yeah, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, there are people that have sex and do drugs and then die immediately, immediately and afterwards. And we've talked about this. I mean, yeah. we've
0: talked about this ad nauseum, <laughs> but because it becomes an easy thing to talk about at parties, but it's not the actual case for these films.
1: Yes. And I think...
0: Until, you know, well, this one and the one previous.
1: Do you think that this was like New Line's attempt to kind of do like a, a scream thing, where it's self-referential humor and, you know... Um,
0: Well, I do think they were trying self-referential humor, except they were referencing an anecdote that was incorrect.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's where sort of the... That's why it doesn't work for me. I mean... And another thing,
0: Graham. Yes. This movie is obviously marketed to, like, 13-year-old boys because of the humor and the dialogue and, like, what we just talked about. But that idea that teenagers, specifically teenage boys or whatever, and and I know that's, like, I don't want to gender this, but the idea that young people go see horror movies, if they're going to see horror movies, you don't need to create the movie around that audience. They're children. You know, if they're going to sneak into a horror movie, they're going to sneak into a horror movie. That's the thrill, not necessarily the movie.
1: Exactly, Rob. Um, Look, I believe in a rating system in the United States for two reasons. A, yeah, kids probably shouldn't see certain things. B, whenever you and your friends watch a movie that you're not supposed to be watching and you're too young to see it, it creates lifelong memories that you'll share, you know, 30 years down the road. Hey, remember when we we saw... um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Season Part Six, Season of the Witch, or Nightmare on Elm Street Part Six when you were in, in first grade, which is what I what happened with me. Um, I sort of snuck into a theater with this guy named Jason. And, oh, I
0: remember this story.
1: Yeah, and we went in and watched um, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Six, Freddy's Dead, and I think about that all the time. What a great experience that was, and to really sort of challenge yourself to take on these movies at that young of an age um it was wonderful it was a wonderful experience and so yes that's why we need a rating system
0: in america so kids can see movies they're not supposed to be watching okay so i think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head involving jason x there's not much more to it than what it is it's an out of context story that takes place in the future. We didn't touch on Jason getting superpowers, but guess what? In the last 10 minutes, he gets superpowers from futuristic technology. Graham, is there anything else that we really left off, do you think? Yes. Because there,
1: of- yes, there is, Rob. Yes, oh, there is. What is it? So you had the brilliant idea of sort of um, discovering what Jason is, right? Is he a ghost? Yeah, is he a zombie? Yeah.
0: And so what we And both- I gave that up because it became, he went from human to being supernatural,
1: Yes. Right. And so we sort of gave up on the list of what he can endure because he can endure anything. He's a zombie. But we find we both failed to mention in our uh, review of Jason Goes to Hell that Jason is neither
0: a ghost or a zombie. He's a worm. That's true. He is a worm, much like those worms that went into Freddy.
1: Yes, the, the spermy things, and uh, yeah. yeah, okay, hey, cool. Yeah, I never thought about dead. that. dead, Jason yeah. goes
0: to hell, two worms. We're connecting
1: the dots. I guess New Line Cinema has a thing with
0: worms or sperm-like creatures. Uh, more to come on that on your uh, episode about Bob.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, Rob, what is Jason in Jason X? He's just yeah, I, a,
0: a frozen zombie, No. Yeah, a frozen worm, I guess. So they gave up on the worm thing, I guess. I don't know, not necessarily, depending on if this is like an offshoot in a timeline, because if it's happening before he goes to hell, and you know what I mean? Like if it's some sort of change there, then he's still got the worm in him. Jason is a bottle of tequila. Oh my gosh, Rob, that's what he is. Jason is is a bottle of tequila. You know what? Seems fun on the outside, but if you were next to it, if it's inside of you, if it becomes too much of a party, it gets dangerous. Oh my
1: gosh. Hey, speaking of tequila, I got a really short uh, story about a douchebag and uh, tequila, Rob, if you want to hear it.
0: (laughs) I've never bought tequila in a douchebag.
1: Well, so uh, my step-uncle, who is... A piece of shit, and he'll never listen to this podcast. So whatever, he's a piece of shit. I hope he does. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I I I went back to Kansas for Christmas, and he was taking a shot of tequila, and he looked at me, and he said something I'll never forget. Um, With a straight face, he says, "I only drink Patron."
0: Oh Jesus!
1: And my brother is like, "What a fucking douchebag!" Um, anyway, every time I I hear tequila, I think of that of my step uncle acting like a douchebag. But anyway, the people I think are like, yes. "I
0: only." Yeah. Yeah, you're so cool, dude. You're so cool. Thank goodness um, you can buy a middle of the road uh tequila.
1: Yeah. Call me when you get Dan Aykroyd's
0: uh skull vodka, <laughs> whatever the hell that is. That's what King, I that's, Kingdom of the Crystal Vodka.
1: Yeah, that's when I think that when I think the cool you're you're cool. I can't even speak today, Rob. So anyway, Rob. I got it. Yes, Graham. I, th- I have a feeling that we're starting to wrap up. But before yeah. we do, we got to give our audience a Halloween movie recommendation. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for yours. What do you got? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So here's the thing. We were discussing um, David Cronenberg, who is one of, who's like the king of the body horror films, the venereal disease horror film, as I like to say. Okay. But there's also a guy out there that doesn't get enough credit who I think his movies are just as strong as David Cronenberg's. Bring him on. Okay. This guy's name is Stuart Gordon. And probably everybody knows him for the movie Reanimator. If you've all seen uh, Reanimator, well, then I got another movie for you that I actually think Hold On to Your Butts is a better movie. It came out a year after Reanimator, so 1986, and it's called From Beyond. For y'all that haven't uh, seen any Stuart Gordon movies, check out Reanimator and From Beyond. If you love those movies, keep searching. Uh, robot Jocks and Dolls are, are pretty good movies. Castle Freak. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa! You so get one, one movie. But I just here's the thing, Rob. I know I get one movie and that movie's from beyond, but I just, it is criminal how Stuart Gordon has been overlooked. I just think he is a master auteur
0: and this Halloween, sir, I salute you. (laughs) Well, then I'll make sure to watch some of those as well. Uh, My pick, a little bit more mainstream and I know how you feel about that, Graham, but I think that the folks need to revisit The Good Son. With oh, Macaulay Culkin. And what's his name?
1: Uh, Elijah Wood, who
0: lives here in Austin, uh, which is pretty cool. Okay, now Graham, I think we should let everyone know that although this is the last episode of the season of Friday the 13th, we'll still be coming back for some holiday episodes and episodes in between like we did last year, maybe a little bit more frequently now that we have a little bit more free time. Uh, but we will do a fun extra episode before October's over, don't worry. A mystery episode. It's a mystery, yes. And maybe that comes November 1st, maybe it comes on Halloween. It's a mystery. But Graham, before, I don't want to like give too much of that episode away, I wanted to know your thoughts on maybe some of the uh, series that we potentially could do next Halloween. Because last year we said we weren't going to do Friday the 13th, and I want to stray away from saying bold statements like we're not going to do that because this was fun this year. But I was thinking, you know, obviously we could go Child's Play or we could go uh, Halloween. But I don't know. What do you think? Well, um, if I had to choose, I would suggest possibly
1: doing the Sleepaway Camp series. Oh, you said that last year, too. I forgot. Or the Slumber Party Massacre series. Okay. Okay. Um, actually, Black Widow Cinema here in Austin is doing a screening of Slumber Party Massacre Two, uh, which is my favorite of the series. And uh, yeah, it's there. There, it's a fun little franchise. Um, Sleepaway Camp is also a pretty fun franchise. Um, but you're right; Child's Play would be great. Uh, Halloween. Um, I'm a fan of one and three. Only it just
0: gets so boring. Yeah, yeah,
1: and don't you love part four? Is called the Return of Michael Myers. Because the studio is like, okay, we fucked up. We're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry.
0: Yeah. Here's Michael Myers. You know, like also the movie that you were like complimenting at the beginning of this episode.
1: Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, man. Season of the Witch is a great film. Is a wonderful film, and um, for those who haven't seen it. If you're not, if you avoided it because it doesn't have Michael Myers, get that out of your head. Get it out of your head, and just watch it because I think you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. It's a good movie. Hey, Graham.
0: Yes, I'm uh, about to get kicked out of this phone booth at Vice, so. Oh I need my to go. gosh! Oh my gosh! But, uh, it's been a good season, and I look forward to uh, doing more of these episodes. Well, Rob, I was gonna warn you. It's not Vice outside that
1: door. It's Jason. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Run! Run! Don't have sex or do drugs!